welcome to Is It Halloween Yet? Episode 1, a spooky little podcast where we talk about all things horror and ask the question, Is it Halloween yet? I'm afraid not, ghouls, ghosts, and goblins. It's 210 days until Halloween. I'm your ghostess, Spencer. Let's see what's on the slab this week. We've got some news and a movie review. So let's get right into the news. Bloody Disgusting is reporting that we finally have a new date for Spiral from the Book of Saw. I had kind of written this whole movie off. I didn't like Saw, the final chapter, and I didn't like Jigsaw. But I loved all of the Saws up until that point. Like, I have vivid, fond memories of sitting at the Howard Hughes Center in Los Angeles watching saw movie marathons the day the new movie would come out in October like it was like a tradition my friends and I did definitely two years maybe three I just like have really fond memories of the saw movies so I don't know I was a little apprehensive that it would get done but like it looks like Chris Rock is really 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 the fanboy everybody said he was about saw And so I'm excited to see this movie when it comes out now, a week earlier on May 21st. No, several months earlier on May 21st. We also got news from horror master Ryan Murphy. He gave us two bits of news in the last like little bit. This one wasn't from last week. It was from a couple weeks ago where we found out that the season 10 of American Horror Story will have two plots one on sea and one on the sand so that's interesting american horror story is definitely something that is hit or miss every season i go in thinking maybe this season will be as good as the first one or the one with the witches i know a lot of people don't like the witch season i love witches i think it's great so it's always like is it going to be good apocalypse i really liked the slasher one was that There wasn't one at all last year because of the pandemic. Was the slasher one the last one we got? Because it was decent. I didn't keep up with it as it was going, though. Like, I started keeping up with it and then fell off, which is kind of how all of my American Horror Story watching has gone now that the now that it isn't so easily spoiled on the Internet because it's a little less popular. So... This week, Ryan Murphy came back and he uh, informed fans that the American Horror Story universe is expanding beyond getting American Horror Story double feature this year. There's going to be a spin-off anthology series titled American Horror Stories. So that's exciting. I hope that those like are a more contained series. Like I would like to see Ryan Murphy do something like Creepshow give us something where he's not constrained by an overarching plot over 10 episodes because I think he is really good at quick high amounts of tension and building tension seems to be a harder task for him and his creative team to pull off. So I would really like to see something that was contained one episode each week is different. Just give me an anthology like Creep Show, but from the mind of Ryan Murphy. So that's what I hope American Horror Stories is. He also wrote on Twitter that he would like people to let him know what story you want to see most out of Aliens, Christmas Horror, Piggy Man, 
Sirens, The Plague, and Bloody Mary. All great topics. I would really like to see a good Bloody Mary movie or even an episode of like that. Like, I don't think like we have like a good Bloody Mary. I think the best representation of Bloody Mary we have in like American horror is when she was featured in Halloween Horror Nights. And I think, I think we could do better. I think that somebody needs to make a really good Bloody Mary movie. Next up in the news is something that's breaking my heart is the Aquaman horror spinoff has been canceled. The Trench and Old Gods both got canceled. I would like DC to do some of its weirder stuff. Like, I guess Suicide Squad is pretty weird and that movie looks pretty good and the trailer looks better and it's gory and it feels like it's got a lot of like, it's got to feel, it feels like it's got a lot of like James Gunn's like horror sensibility built into it. But the trench like really was the movie I was looking for. Like I didn't really want care about Aquaman 2. Like it's fine. But like focusing in on the monster aspect of Aquaman with like the sea monsters, I think was like a brilliant idea. And I'm sad to see that we're not going to see it. So James, Wan that does free James Wan up to do other things, which is always great because I love when he puts out movies, but it's sad to see that we're not going to get, we're not going to get the trench. Steven Yoon is in talks to join the cast of Jordan Peele's new horror movie for Universal. I am very excited. He's the only reason I watched The Walking Dead. I would watch him read the phone book. He's fantastic. I love him as an actor. Daniel Kaluuya is already in talks to it and Kiki Palmer. They say that it's supposed to come out July 22nd, 2022. I doubt that. Like, I don't think we know. Like, if they're still in talks, we're still in talks in April of 2021. I just don't see how you hit that date, especially with COVID, especially with all the other, like, delays because of COVID and, like, the extra protections and how much longer it takes to shoot and, like, all of those things. I just don't see that coming in 2022, but maybe we'll get lucky and it will. Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City, the synopsis for the movie dropped. I don't know if we need another Resident Evil movie especially one especially that one that like revolves around raccoon city like resident evil the video game has like taken such like interesting turns in seven and now in eight that's coming out in may that i'd like to see I'd like to see some of those. Like, I would really like a Resident Evil 7 movie. Like, I know that's a brand new video game and people don't really have as much love for it as they do for, for the old ones. But, 
Yeah. So the synopsis we got is the once booming town of pharmaceutical giant Umbrella Corporation, Raccoon City, is now dying, is now a dying Midwestern town. The company's exodus left the city a wasteland with a great evil brewing below the surface. When that evil's unleashed, the challenged people are forever changed, and a small group of survivors must work together to uncover the truth behind Umbrella and make it through the night. I mean, I'll probably watch it. I've watched every Resident Evil movie that they've made, so I don't, I know that I won't not watch this, but I kind of hope this is the last time we get a raccoon city umbrella game and or movie. I think the genre, I think the series has done other interesting things that I would like to explore on film. Our movie review for this week is Godzilla vs. Kong, and we've got a news story about it. This was on April 1st. Godzilla vs. Kong exceeds pandemic box office expectations with a $9.6 million opening day. So, we reported over the weekend, Legendary's Godzilla's Kong vs. Godzilla vs. Kong has been slaying the international box office since it was released last week, taking in $121.8 million over the weekend. Through the film was released directly through HBO Max here in the United States, domestic box office picture is looking as good as the international one. In its first day of release here in the States, it ranked in $9.6 million, a new record for pandemic box office. Godzilla vs. Kong had been projected to make roughly 20 to 30 million across its five day domestic opening weekend, but it looks like that mumber may be smashed to bits. Of course, none of these numbers would be exceptional for normal time in normal times under normal circumstances. They go on to say, yeah, it's like 19 million for Godzilla King of Monsters on the opening day. But that was like in 4,000 theaters, and I think Kong was only in like 2,400 theaters. So that's good. I'm glad to see Adam Wingard get a win. He's a great director, and we'll talk about more of that in the review. Coming up now is April movies releases. So either the last episode of the month or the first episode of the next month, whichever one is closest to the beginning of the month, we will go through the upcoming horror movie releases. So a couple of these are already out now because this episode drops on Friday, on Monday the 5th. So a bunch of these are out or coming out like pretty immediately. We've got Creepshow is back. I watched the trailer. I haven't had time to sit down this weekend and watch it. I'm hoping I get to sit down tomorrow sometime and watch the first episode of Creepshow. It looks like it's all the great stylized and funny horror that we saw from the first one. Greg Nicotero is like, I love his work. He's one of my favorite horror people. So I'm pretty much a shoe in for Creepshow. And I like the first season a lot. It was fun. So that's on Shudder now. Comes out every Thursday. I think there's nine episodes this season. April 2nd, 
This move displeases the ghostess here very much. The Unholy re- released in theaters only today or Friday. Jeffrey Dean Morgan uh, is in this movie and it's about a girl who begins to be able to do miracles after a brush in with what she calls the Virgin Mary. But is it the Virgin Mary or is it something like sinister and like demonic? I really want to see this movie, but we are so close to the end of the pandemic. We have got to just stay home. This is your little PSA for the week from the ghostess to you. Stay home, my ghouls, so we can have Halloween this year. It was very sad to lose Halloween last year, and I don't want to go into a second year where we don't take it seriously or we don't, like, let's just get everybody vaccinated. We're almost to a point where, we're like, things are going to start to be a little more normal. We're almost there. Don't mess it up to see Jeffrey Dean Morgan and probably what will be an okay horror movie. Like... Think about Halloween. Save Halloween. So also out, but on DirecTV and Voodoo in the United States, and it's out on other platforms around the world, is The Oak Room. It's a Canadian horror film. It's about a drifter who wanders back and settles a debt with a bartender with a story. That's what they say in the synopsis, and that's kind of what the trailer gives you, but that movie gives me big, creepy sadistic vibes and I am very excited to see it. I think it'll be a good a good tight romp. It could be. It could drag on in weird ways and have bad pacing also but I think like from the trailer and from the reviews I've seen coming out of film festivals that see it people say it's like it doesn't overstay its welcome. It's very like tight and clean and those are the kind of horror movies I like. So on April 6th, we're getting a Bigfoot movie called Dawn of the Beast. I'm a bit apprehensive about this movie, and I will get into why. It's big versus foot, and I'm going to say versus a supernatural character. They're billing the character as the Wendigo, but if you know anything about the origins of that myth, it's tied to the very real religious beliefs of the Algonquian people. I always feel a little bit weird when people are like... It's the Wendigo. Until Dawn is a great example. I love Until Dawn. It's one of my favorite horror games. I do not like the use of them calling... Oh, spoilers for Until Dawn. I do not like (laughs) the use of them calling the creature in the woods the Wendigo. Algonquin people didn't live in the Pacific Northwest. There are Great Lakes, Upper North eastern tribe of people so i just i don't feel comfortable i don't like it i think you can i think you could do a good wendigo movie if you took care to do it i don't know if dawn of the beast will do that i hope they don't because it does take place in the northeast so like points for not putting it in the pacific northwest and being like There's one to go here. So that's why I'm a little bit open-minded about it. So we'll see. That's just my thoughts about it. You can let me know what you feel on Twitter, on my Instagram. I'll give you all those, those, those places you can contact me at the end of the show. April 8th, we've got The Power. It's a 1970s British horror genre, like a 1970s set British horror 
it it seems to be about this maid who I think from the trailer has come from like a a rough upbringing and she's getting a chance to be a nurse at a run down falling apart hospital in Britain in the 70s. The head matron assigns her to the overnight shift and she's afraid of the dark, but she probably has a good reason to be afraid of this dark. So it's coming to Shudder on April 8th. I will definitely give it a look. When I saw the trailer, I thought it might be 1940s, but because of like the the nursing outfits, but I guess that that was like pretty common even later. So it's in like 1974. So, and then on April 9th on Amazon Prime, we've got Them, which is the story of a black family from North Carolina who moves to an all white neighborhood in Los Angeles. That neighborhood is Compton. Things start off fine in the neighborhood and then trouble strikes both the human and the supernatural kind. And Alison Pill is in it. She plays a crazy racist white lady who doesn't want the black family to live in her neighborhood. And yeah, it looks interesting. I like all the actors involved and the trailer was pretty intriguing. So I will probably be checking that out. And then April 15th, Bloody Disgusting distributed uh, a new flick about a couple who is forced to take refuge in an old farm lady's house when they have, like, their plans for, like, camping get, like, ruined. Notably, this... Notably, this movie stars Steven Spielberg's son, Sawyer. So that's it. It seems interesting. They like crave things and the, they, they like craving different like food and like liquids. And there's lots of like liquids being like contained in the trailer. And so there's probably like a good bit of body horror in it. So I will probably watch it, but I will definitely have to be in the mood to watch it because body horror things like that are like I have to like be prepared you know what I'm saying everybody's got horror that they've got to be a little bit more prepared for body horror is definitely the one that does it for me April 15th we've got The Banishing it's another British horror film this time it revolves around a haunted manor and the family that it tortures (laughs) The family is the young wife and daughter of a pretty young pastor. And then there's like an occultist in the trailer. And I love the style of it. It feels very much like House on Haunted Hill meets Atonement. It gives me those kind of like stylish style vibes. So um, I'm very excited to see that one. The next one I am also super excited to see. It comes out April 22nd and it's coming to Shudder. It's an Irish horror comedy about a local vampire named the Abernach. It's called The Boys from Country Hell. I'm excited. That looks, it looks hilarious and like scary. And I can't think of how many Irish horror movies we get full stop. So it'll be interesting to see a take on on vampires and that kind of thing through the lens of another 
culture that we're then we're used to. So I'm excited to see that. April 23rd is Mortal Kombat. I debated, is this horror? Is it not horror? It's probably horror. I don't know. But I wanted to talk about it because I have very fond memories of the first Mortal Kombat. My dad snuck me out of the house and let me see it when I was a child. My mother was like, absolutely not. She cannot play Mortal Kombat. She cannot watch the Mortal Kombat movie. Like, what are you talking about? But he was like, this looks like cool science fiction. And so like, that was like our secret. And so I'm excited to see the new one. I want gorgeous fights. I want delicious gore. And I think we're gonna get both of those. So I will consider it a win if we do. That'll be on HBO Max on April 23rd. Also on April 23rd is Bloodthirsty. It's a werewolf movie. I normally don't find werewolf movies entertaining, but this one I am very intrigued because it it is has to do with the it's a singer. She, her name is Gray. We don't often get to see a woman become the beast. Like we don't often get like werewolves that are women. American Werewolf in Paris is American Werewolf in London is a dude. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we don't get to see, like, how being a werewolf would interact with, like, society's teachings of, like, what women should be or what women should do. And I think that the juxtaposition of those two things could be really, like, interesting and cool. So I am very excited to see this one. It comes out on April 23rd. I think it's on demand VOD. So, like, Apple, iTunes, and the like wherever you get your movies from and then the last one i have for april is another theatrical release and it really bums me out because i want to watch it so badly it's called in the earth it is a folklore nature forest can't uh, forest horror it really gives me like it gives me Ari Aster vibes in like a way that it feels like it's going to have like magical surrealness in it. And like the forest is going to be this living thing that like terrorizes the people who go into it. I guess it also has to do with like there is a virus and a pandemic and that's why they're trying to go into the forest to find a cure for it. They get trapped into the forest and like slowly lose their minds. So I am waiting excitedly to find out when I'll be able to watch this in the comfort of my own home. So yeah, that's it for what's coming out in horror in April. Yeah. So I guess we're going to talk about Kong or I keep calling it Kong versus Godzilla because I can't think of any like the 1963 one so like burned into my brain because again, my dad's a big science fiction fan. My dad was a big like monster movie fan. He'll never admit that he likes horror movies because he doesn't like slasher movies, but he definitely likes horror movies. So we would watch those when I was a kid. So keep calling Godzilla vs. Kong, Kong vs. Godzilla. But Godzilla vs. Kong came out on Friday. Oh no, Wednesday. I watched it on Friday. I watched Godzilla King of Monsters this week and Kong Skull Island. Godzilla King of Monsters was a rewatch for me and I had not seen Kong Skull Island, but a friend of mine had said... You have to watch Kong's Coal Island before you watch Godzilla. 
versus Kong. And I was like, okay, whatever. Um, I'm glad I did because I really liked Kong. I think I would have liked Kong anyway. They do a really great job of humanizing him in this in this particular, like, iteration of King Kong. They do a really good job of, like, humanizing him. And, like, through the whole movie, my partner and I were just like, why are you beating up on this poor monkey? He was just here, like, sleeping and, like, being chill. And you guys, like, hauled up on him and are attacking him. Why? Like, just leave the poor monkey boy alone. A lot of that, I feel, I felt a lot of that again during Godzilla vs. Kong. But I think the thing I like about Godzilla vs. Kong, because I don't want to get, like, too spoilery in my review. If you want to have a spoiler cast, I could probably hunt around and find some people to have a spoiler cast for Godzilla vs. Kong. But that would be a couple weeks. I think I would wait until the HBO Max run is over, give everybody the month to watch it. The thing I like about these movies is WB didn't do the thing they've done with every other property they've had lately. I think the trailer for Space Jam really brought this into focus. Like, they have turned every property into Ready Player One. And to see them have the restraint to keep it to the monsters of the MonsterVerse, to keep this movie specifically to Godzilla... Kong and beep is great. We got other fights from interesting creatures and they didn't feel the need. Like they've done this through the whole series, right? Like we got a little bit of backstory on Mothra. She's the queen of monsters. So let's give her her due. And we got a background information on like Monster Zero. I really like that in Kong Skull Island, they didn't give a backstory to the skull crawlers. They just kind of let the story play around them. Like, we don't have to know what the grudge, like, we know what the grudge between Kong and the current iteration of the skull crawlers is, but we don't know the like epic lore grudge, right? Like, they don't bog themselves down in that. I appreciate that because. When I see a Godzilla movie, I really just want to watch the monsters fight. Like, time to monster has gotten smaller and smaller each time. Like, I think they really learned the message from the first Godzilla movie that you can't wait until the back half of that movie for God for Godzilla to show up. He's got to be there. Godzilla versus Kong was even crazier. I'm shocked it focused so little on the human story. And for the better. They did an excellent job of making a movie where you cared about two giant city-destroying monsters more than you cared about the human struggle or the human story. Like, the human story was the subplot. Shout out to them for going and being confident enough in the character, confident enough in the idea that people just want to watch two giant things fight, like... The boat fight that is in the trailer is the least epic fight in that movie. So take that as you will. That's going to do it this week for Is It Halloween Yet? Episode 1. 
I am your ghostess, Spencer. You can find me all over the internet as MissNintendeek64. That's Twitter, Instagram, Twitch. I stream on Twitch. We're going to stream some horror games, so keep your ears perked up for that. I have another podcast called The Weekly Patch. It comes out on Wednesdays. We talk about video games and the community of developers and people who play them and the world around gaming. So that's it. I'll see you next week. Thank you.